The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 191 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Well, book clubs are all the rage recently, with Oprah Winfrey and Reese Witherspoon encouraging people to pick up a good book. Now our friends at Literati Press in the Paseo District are taking the concept to a new geeky level. Once a month, they're holding a comic book club, and the new one, next one is coming up this Saturday, the 9th. Here to talk about it is Charles Martin, Eric Osborne, and Ofi Ochoa. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've been waiting so long for you to come. I've, I, every one of you. I've, I've been, thank I've, you. It's oh, been too long. Really appreciate it. So tell me about the comic book club that you guys got going on. It's actually Ophi's um, uh, idea. She's really the kind of the, brain, the brains behind the operation. Yeah, it started because um, I was interested in creating my own comic book. And mm-hmm. I am not a comic book reader. So Charles is like, well, you should definitely read some. <laughs> so we came up with this idea of uh, making this comic book club more for, for myself and for, you know, mm-hmm. to bring that to, to the community here. Yeah, and it's, you've, uh, we were talking before the show, you've been doing this now for about a year? Yeah, is that, is that a year? Uh-huh. It's been a year. Oh, yeah, a little over a, year. Little over a year. Yeah. yeah, we started off with Heathen, I think, I think in October. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's right. Yeah, it was October. Yeah. Oh, Heathen was so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Has your appreciation for comic books grown since oh, yeah. you started? Absolutely. We've read so many. It was just been a, a variety of different comic books from like, you know, the your local stuff to like, Marvel and just everything in between. It's been really awesome. <laughs> a, a lot of the books that we look at for this, um, it really is a comic book club for older readers, um, mm-hmm. basically anyone who's graduated high school. Um, so we, we're looking for comics that are a nice variety to show like how much is out there and what you can actually get away with and, and sequential art these days. But also things that are going to speak to us as adults, mm-hmm. you know, tackles issues that are a little bit more interesting than, um, you know, just knocking down some towers. Uh, so, you know, we've done Heathen, of course, which is, you know, still the best comic to come out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. From You know, I, my involvement <laughs> notwithstanding, I still think that's a solid statement. Um, but this next one, Monstrous, we're doing, it's like dark magic, um, yeah. beautiful art, just really high fantasy kind of stuff. But then we had, um, um, we did... The Contract with God by Eisner, which is very, um, you know, street level, John Steinbeck kind of humanist. Um, and then we get, you know, did like Scott Pilgrim and uh, Gwenpool. So mm-hmm. we don't want to, we don't want to go just heavy, 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 heavy. So we heavy, light, heavy, light, heavy, light. Mm-hmm. Um, the one in December, Prince and the Dressmaker is like, I don't know. It's like a Pixar film, basically. <laughs> Pixar did a, did a story about, um, uh, you know, gender fluidity. And one of the things I think has been one of, the, one of the more salient experiences about this comic book club is that we're reinforcing the the fact 
that comics are not a genre, they're a medium. Mm -hmm. And too often they get categorized as like male power fantasies. And we've done things talking about high fantasy and, and slice of uh, life and, and superheroes. We've, we've let people know that the genre is not only broad and colorful, um, it has a broad range of emotional experiences as well. Right. It does, it's, it, you're, I love the fact that you're, you're talking about it being a medium, that, that it's mm -hmm. not, that it, you can do anything you want with it, whatever. And we've seen it. We've seen a variety uh, sometimes in uh, not only your popular magazines, uh, but also locally. There, you can really do anything you want with this. It's just how it's done. It's pictures with words. That's, that's what makes it a comic book. Yeah. yeah. And, and the the way you tell a story the things that you can get away with are different in a comic book than they are when it's sequential art in general whether graphic novel or you know children you know storybook um, the things that you can get away with are different the you know limitations are also different so uh, whenever you're telling a story within sequential art if you're really familiar with it you kind of know where those cracks are um, where the boundaries are set a little bit differently and then you know, you figure out where you can achieve greatest emotional impact. Mm -hmm. And you can't really do those same things in novels. And of course, you can do different things in novels. So like looking at it as a medium, you know, the way that you're transporting the story to the reader. Um, and, and I think we're getting to that future that's generational where most readers are going to be uh, hybrids. Mm -hmm. So we'll have people that are reading you know, some fiction, maybe they're mostly a fiction reader, but they'll read some nonfiction, they'll read sequential art. Um, some people will read mostly sequential art and some fiction, but it's not going to be this, okay, I read novels, so I don't, you know, Dane touch, you know, <laughs> comic books. Uh, everybody will be, you know, going back and forth. And that's kind of when we did the shop, that was the reason we wanted to do the shop the way we did, where right. we were presenting everything on an equal plane. It's just different ways to tell a story. And one of the nice things about having Ophi host us is that, you know, I think it's fair to say that you, mm. as you said, you're fairly new to a lot of the medium. Yeah. And so you had these, like, this wide open mind. And when you, whenever she would host these group meetings with us, um, she was coming at it from a completely unbiased perspective. And it was nice. And she's, you know, I hate to give her compliments on the air because it sounds <laughs> public, but she's really intelligent and she's very, not only articulate, but she's great at making it accessible to uh, the group and, and getting their insight through the experience. Well, how, how, has it changed you a lot as far as when, when it comes to reading? Yeah, absolutely. I, I look at things differently now when I read these, uh, the graphic novels or comic books. Um, and I was actually thinking about um, not leading the conversation next year and having different people, different members kind of host it. About so how that, many people come to your... Um, I think... We average like four or five. The most we've mm -hmm. had is like, we I had think like 15, 15 yeah. I think for Saga. Yeah, oh, that was a popular Saga. one. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it was. Is it? Is that over? Is that? No, they're on hiatus. Okay, yeah. well, last I saw, there are, there, I can't remember the last thing I saw, but it seemed like it ended on a pretty. Yeah, yeah. And I just haven't seen it recently. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how much their audience retains after that moment because they lost a lot of people from that. Spoilers. But Yeah, <laughs> but, well, I'm not saying what, it, what happened. But that said, they are on hiatus. And like as good as that story is, yeah. it's, you know, I'm this far in. I'm going to finish it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's also Brian K. Vaughn. He's, he's still one of my favorite writers of and all time. I, I always come back every time they've always gone on the hiatus. But mm -hmm. I figure at some point you got to go, 
are you actually going <laughs> to finish this? Because yeah. and not that it would matter. It's I've, been years. I've, yeah, I've, I've read ongoing comics for you know, and mm. it's, I have no problem with it on being an ongoing comic. Mm -hmm. But just let me know if it's going to be an ongoing comic. Yeah. I will invest that. Yeah. Um, rather than than thinking there's going to be some kind of an ending. Uh -huh. I, at first, I thought that yeah. when I first read, I was like, oh well, we we can easily we can easily tie this up. It'd be a great ending. Now it's gone in so many different directions. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. eventually the stories has to just catch up because it's all told from the perspective mm -hmm. of the little of the girl, girl as right. she's growing up. So eventually that time is going to bump. But I, um, I would imbue a lot of trust in Bond because to be perfectly frank, he hasn't like the hardest thing in any medium, whether it's, you know, television or comics, stick in the landing. And he has a impeccable record of making good endings. Um, a lot of books that seem to go on a long time, like, you know, recently we just saw Kirkman wrap up walking dead. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if that was ever going to end. That and was kind of the purpose of the comic. It was a zombie comic yeah, that never ended. Yeah, that never ended. And he stuck the landing, too. Really? But I oh, think so. Good, good. I think so. Okay, I'm going to um, read it then. But uh, with Vaughn, his record's pretty impeccable, you know. Even with the short pros like, you know, Pride of Baghdad <sighs> and Saga, you know, he's, he's really, really good. <laughs> that was my first Brian K. Vaughn book. That's a good place to I, got, I got it completely on accident. I was at the library, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, there's a, it's a comic it, and a history section. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's, I read it, and I was like, oh. What's it called? Pride a Pride of Baghdad. Of Baghdad. It's, okay. it's about whenever the U.S. bombed a zoo in Baghdad and a oh. pride of lions escaped. So it's, it's told from the perspective of the family by lions. true events. But wow, oh, and that it, sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be emo you got to be emotionally prepared. I have okay. a. I gave it to a friend of mine, and I just said, "Just you got to wait until you're emotionally ready to read this." And he says, "It's on my coffee table and it's been there for I think six months now." And so he he looks at it every day. And he's like, "Not today. <laughs> oh. I'm not ready." Yeah. How, many, how, many, how, many, how many series was that? How many comics? It was only, it, I think, collected like five issues. Uh, yeah, so it's a single book. Okay, and so it's, it's a simple it's, graphic novel. You know, yeah. I'm sure you could buy, get, you said you could get the library. Oh, yeah. Yeah, library. Uh, we carry it, you know, perpetually at, at the bookshop, too. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things I think that is also <laughs> interesting about this particular group. So um, we meet on Saturdays right now. Um, mm -hmm. But starting in the new year, we're going to meet on Sundays, uh, same time, 2 o'clock. And the reason we're doing that, 2 o'clock. Three o'clock? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. Um, we're moving to three o'clock <laughs> on Sunday because we have our ink and draw on Sundays. And that's whenever it's a live drawing group for, you know, anyone who does uh, illustration, but it really has a strong focus on comic book and zine makers. And we have a lot of people who are currently making comics, um, people who are wanting to make comics and they're just trying to figure out how to do how to do it? Eric is the one who. Um, it's hosted by it. this really good-looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, but in in I think that the a lot we have a lot of crossover um, from that to the comic book club. Mm -hmm. So we're like, which is doing on the same day. But one of the things that I think is really interesting about this comic book club is a lot of people who take part in it are also trying to be creators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we get into the conversations. We're not just talking about the characters and the story. At some point, we start talking about craft. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And I think that's really important because so if we go into every one and then like, okay, this is what it's doing well. And these are the various tools that is very unique to this particular creator. So the idea is yeah. to tie it in with the, through the illustrators that are coming in and, and, and hopefully start them getting involved and, and kind of increase the conversation yeah and speaking Absolutely. of which mm -hmm. ofi happens to have one coming out yeah you soon. know you said you yeah. wanted to do a comic book and that's why you started this that's, so that's why i started it <laughs> charles has been helping me uh slowly but also painfully so um i'm still working on it i don't she's know she's an excellent draftsman too so yeah and the she story's really good 
Hey, give a little bit about the story. Give us your um, elevator pitch. The elevator pitch. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so it's it's set in Peru, which is where I'm from, mm-hmm. and um, these uh, siblings get separated in. Um, I don't know how to say it without giving away too much. Um, so there's a lot of spirits involved. There's a lot of Peruvian folklore involved, and um, the this these siblings get separated. Their families get murdered by these evil spirits that are on there and then there's like a, a four spirits that that helps them there's a talking llama that's going to be fun <laughs> that's awesome and yeah. i love the fact that you're, you're dealing with the peruvian um mythos and and, mm-hmm. and tradition uh which is all wonderful i think that's the other thing that i've, I've loved about uh, comics books is, is is when an author really puts their own uh their own beliefs i mean maybe not even their own beliefs but the, but their family's beliefs their their mm-hmm. their their history in in the in the books i think well, that oh go ahead i was just going to say that you know comics as we know it as a medium today was started by uh jewish american immigrants on the east coast and they wrote from their experience you know you talk about the ultimate you know immigrant you talk about the alien from outer space superman and, and siegel and schuster and those guys i think that it would be not only like wise but you know it, sh- it shows a, a air of authenticity and sincerity that when you write from your own experience as a diverse group of people comics have been filled with some of the most diverse demographics of, of any culture or medium you know we've got people from all over the world some of the most famous artists in the world are from countries like brazil and mm-hmm. a lot of latin american countries are really involved in the creation of comics right now and it's, it's lovely how they get represented and and they share their experiences from an authentic place yeah it's wonderful when i pick up comics and i look at who the artists are and they are it, it, is, it is a variety of names yeah. that, that come from all over. It's when just I, amazing what they can bring. I was in New York Comic Con just uh, about a month ago, and I was first thing I'm like I'm trying to observe trends, and I always go to the Image Comics booth and see what they're selling. And a couple things that I found like as a salient observation was, that, you know, the best selling books were Saga, Monstrous, and Walking Dead, and I think Spawn. And you know, this was a, a complete departure from what it was like 25 years ago. Um, you'd go to a comic convention and you would observe that, you know, it's primarily male, you know, primarily Caucasian. I was at the convention now, which attended, I think, 140,000 people over the weekend, maybe more. It was a lot of people. Mm. And I would say 60% of the attendees were women, young women, people of color, mm-hmm. people of different ethnic backgrounds, people with disabilities. And I, was, and I was impressed because, you know, growing up as a, you know, a straight white guy in Oklahoma, I had a narrower perspective of these people's experiences and, and, and seeing it in New York, seeing how it's not just broad and it's demographic, but it shows such a diverse background. It's nice. Yeah, we've been talking, I've in fact actually this last week talking to other guests about how hopefully the geek community is growing in in its diversity. That's mm-hmm. kind of hopefully the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a lot of pushback and that really annoys the crap out of me whenever I have to deal mm-hmm. with that, but because it's changing and it has to. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's wonderful to see that. that, that Typically, on, on when I go to conventions, when I go uh, when I go out and talk to people, there there is a more need for diversity and inclusion than I've ever seen before in in the geek community, and it seems to be moving in that direction. I'm I'm very happy with it. With, with the comic book club in particular, and our ink and draw on Sundays, you know, we we three saw that there's a there is a deficit of representation, not just of of the people, but just creative artists in general. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a musician back in college, you know, there's always punk rock clubs. There's always, you know, uh, bars you can hang out and, 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 you know, hone your craft. But for comic creators, there was just nothing there. You were, you know, artists are naturally, they hold up in their studio and, and 
they put on reruns in the background and they listen to music and they create. But whenever you're a part of a group, you get this feedback that not only informs your work, but it, it, it gives you a, almost a competitive drive to succeed and, and it makes it seem more real and tangible. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that is one of the things we're really trying to foster with the Ink and Draw um, is we are seeing a lot of people will come into the shop um, and we'll be looking at the comics and we'll get into talking and there's so many people that are wanting to start a comic mm-hmm. and it still feels somewhat inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but with any kind of print-based thing, the hard part is just getting it done. Everything after that is just how, how hard you want to work. You know, yeah. it's easy to easy and che- cheap to print comics. They're a couple bucks each, and you sell them for five bucks and do the best you can. Um, but it's just the knowledge. And so we have been really working hard as people are coming in and talking about that, saying, hey, come to the ink and draw, come to the ink and draw, come to the ink and draw. Um, and now our ink and draw, we do have a good amount of diversity within the ink and draw, the people yeah. who come. And we're trying to, so our bookshop started as a publishing company and we continue to publish. And that is one of the things that we're really proud of as we're looking at the pro- projects that are coming up, um, including Ophie's, including uh, Brandy Williams, who are her comics coming out. I think it's going to the printer here pretty soon. Um, we've got a lot of projects that are coming out that represent a lot of different voices, but not only that, but representing a a wide diversity of story styles. And that's one of the really exciting things, not just about comics, but about fantasy in general, fantasy sci-fi is it's no longer just pulling for them from that European tradition. It is now going to Peru. It's coming from Nigeria. It's coming from all of these different places and that, you know, I don't know, seeing another fantasy story set in England like in its own, on its own doesn't feel alien anymore. Right. It feels like, okay, I know, I know King Arthur. I know this story. And you can still do interesting things with it, but it doesn't feel as fresh. So being able to pull from all these different par- parts of the world, like A Leaf the Unseen where um, uh, uh, Willow G. Wilson did a, uh, a cyberpunk story mixed with Islamic uh, mythology, like those kinds of things are so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and it, it, it's even, I, fortunately, I see that even in the, the big name comics when you see like Miss Marvel, uh, the, the, the first Islamic uh, uh, superhero, oh, yeah. you know, you, you're seeing these characters kind of come in. And it's, again, I don't think it, some people say, oh, well, they're just trying to force diversity. And I said, I don't think so. I yeah. don't feel that. I feel like it's more, I think if they were trying to force it, you'd feel it. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. more like just a hey, we've got an audience. We need to be yeah. writing to that audience. Well, and you you can definitely feel it when it happens, where you're like, okay, it's a it's a female lead character who is essentially a male lead character, where they just swapped out <laughs> yeah. some body parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Ophi, yes, you're not talking enough. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so what was the what was the title that surprised? Where were the titles that surprised you the most, both on the good side and the bad side? Well, I'd never heard of Saga, I don't think. Or maybe I have, but I didn't pay attention to it. So when I read that one, I was just blown away. I was like, oh, my God, this artwork, this writing, this is amazing. How much <laughs> did you guys read of it? Did you just read, like, the first, first trade? First trade, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay first, mm-hmm. so first six, five, some six, of, six Yeah, episodes. some of us were already caught up on it, and some of us, but we kept it just the first trade because we wanted mm-hmm. to be accessible. Yeah. Um, for one that I didn't like so much... Uh, we talked about Gwynpool a lot, which, you know, yeah. a lot of great qualities, but when you sure. put it up against something like, we also read Squirrel Girl. 
I yeah. liked Squirrel Girl. Which was Girl. excellent. It was cute, I yeah. I still love Squirrel Girl. Yeah. I, <laughs> and this is, I guess that's I think, ending soon, isn't it? I think Gwenpool Gwenpool will probably be the one that was kind mm -hmm. of like, I don't but, know. But, but it has my, great qualities, really, Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I, funny. It but is, yes. <laughs> what are you reading right now? I'm curious. Uh, right now, I am actually, strangely enough, I am actually I'm catching up. There was I just finished reading all of the Forgotten Realms books, the novels, and uh, I saw that I could get on um, my library or on the Hoopla on the library uh, the 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 first six issues of uh, six books of the Driss novels. And so I'm reading that. Uh, Star Wars, I mostly I, I mostly keep up with the Star Wars books. The Marvel stuff? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, which, again, is also, that's they're going to be ending that series very mm -hmm. soon. Um, so mostly that's that's pretty much what I'm what I'm reading. And every now and then, if I see Saga come back out, I'll probably pick that one up. Mm -hmm. But um, that's that's pretty much what I say, too. Is, is, Do you lean in sci-fi, then? Yeah. yeah. Sci-fi and fantasy, um, I love. And I always have since I was a kid. And so uh, there's a new one that came out. Uh, fantasy. It was almost a, a very adult fantasy. Uh, the, the White Trees, mm. I think it was called, uh, and it was very adult. It was only like two issues or something like that, two yeah. or three issues. And it was fantasy, but wow. Uh, like, <laughs> don't let your kids read this one um, because it was uh, very adult themes and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and nudity. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, not, not, not sexual the one sexual content or anything like that it just happened to be yeah you know it's mm -hmm. not for children well in heathen you know a heathen has nudity in it as well mm -hmm. but it's all very it's non-sexualized yeah i actually yeah, only really read books with nudity <laughs> <laughs> you would. i can make sure does this have nudity in it i'm there yeah yes. yeah um so where so so what are you guys reading right now monstrous Monstrous. Yeah. yeah. Monstrous. We, now, is the, do you guys do do you do the like a book club where you say, mm -hmm. okay, this is what we're going to read. Everybody pick it up, read it, and then we'll all talk about it. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. is monstrous a uh, just a uh, series or is it a trade paperback? It's it's a it's um it's a series. So I. There's I a compendium I think they've right got, now. They've got like three three books out mm -hmm. now. I think yeah. Yeah, in one compendium, which we have. The compendium is, that was actually one of the best selling books at Images Booth, and it's a, and it's a tome. It's a lot of content. Because wow. I hadn't um, heard it. I haven't heard about that one. It's beautifully illustrated. Yeah, that's, it's that's one of the, pretty. It's, it's one of those things that you'll it, whether you're a high fantasy, whether you're a sci-fi, whether you're a superhero person, um, you will be forced to reflect on the intricacy and, and the beauty of the art immediately. It, it, it hits you like like a hammer. It's like you have to stop and examine it. Yeah. And that that's really the thing that impressed yeah. me the most about it. Yeah, every aspect, even the lettering, mm -hmm. every 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 part of it's just yeah. so beautiful. Um, I'm reading everything by Tom King right now. I mean, <sighs> he's so yeah, good. yeah. Charles and I are pretty pretty. Yeah, we're kind of obsessing head. obsessing Who's Tom on King? him. Tom okay, King. so the, again, if you haven't read uh, for your listeners out there, if you haven't read a uh, sheriff sheriff of Babylon, it might be the best graphic novel I've ever read. It's definitely the best war. Yeah, it's definitely war, the best representation of war. Um, I feel like you yeah. guys say that a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. We're, well, we're, it, when you say something smart, you say it over and over. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a he's a ex CIA spook who actually worked in Iraq, so his oh. ability to speak to that experience Oof. is very very unique. He but, wrote a book that nobody else could write. Could literally, write. no. One, and, but you know, he also took an old uh, a Jack Kirby uh, collection of characters with Mister Miracle, oh. and uh, he did some really interesting. As an illustrator, I, I examined. You know, uh, what's his name, Gerard. I forget. Garrett's whatever. I can't think of his name. I met him in New York. Really solid uh, artist and, and, and person from what I can tell. But he was doing some really interesting stuff where he was always operating as an artist on a nine panel grid per page, mm -hmm. which is very like for me as an artist, you know, I'm big on splash pages and disjointed panel layouts. And 
he forced himself as an artist in this Mr. Miracle book for DC to operate exclusively on equally sized nine panel grids. It's like and the Watchmen. Very similar in terms of not just writing, but composition. Yeah. And the book is symmetrically illustrated from front to back. So issue one has a, a reflected layout in issue six, compositionally, from an illustrated perspective. Wow. And, and it meets in the middle as, as a piece of art where it's, it, there's only one unique page layout design. It's right in the middle of the book. And then everything symmetrically lays out from front to back over the span of the trade. It's that's beautifully nuts. illustrated. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things that I didn't even notice it when I read it. Yeah. And I was talking to the, or reading up on some art examinations of it. And I was like, holy smokes. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's one of those amazing. things that, you know, I just, I can't say enough about King and his collaborators right now. Yeah. Even, even Batman, which, you know, he was following up the Scott Snyder stuff of the White Owls. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, well, that's pretty much, we got Batman covered. Every story's been written. And then Tom King does it again. It's like, holy cow. I didn't think Batman could be written in this way. So yeah, it's his, impressive stuff. Yeah, his vision story was mm -hmm. itself really good. That was the first one I read. You get Eisner for that, I think. Or he got nominated. Who knows? <laughs> it's always uh, nice when a, when, a, some, when a writer comes in and takes over something that you go, there is nothing. You have you've done nothing every do. story you've ever done. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a writer comes in and just can yeah. blow you away like that. Mm. That's amazing. And, and I know that even as, as an artist myself and as a writer, sometimes you, you get precious with creations, especially if they're not even your own, you want to be sure they're protected and, and insulated and make sure that they come out of the story uh, not damaged from you t putting your hands on it. And uh, guys like Tom King and, and, and I'd say Bendis and Vaughn and, and a lot of the more prominent names, they come in like they own them and they break them. And they come from a philosophy of like drag them through hell and see how they come out. Yeah. That's uh, who is it that did the Animal Man when they when he brought back Animal? Well, then also Gaiman I think does that a lot. Mm -hmm. He'll take those old stories and go, yeah, let's make it all new mm -hmm. and different. I mean, that's exactly he he's the creator of Sandman. Mm -hmm. If it hadn't yeah. been for Sandman, I don't think we would have comics today as we have them because uh, basically taking those old stories and going, you know what? Let's rethink how we how we do our stories. We did well, Sandman. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, Tenahasi Coates, like his re envisioning of Black Panther mm -hmm. was fantastic mm -hmm. and. Interestingly, he actually brought in Roxane Gay, who is also an, another really uh, powerful essayist to, to handle the women of Wakanda, all these kind of side stories that are brought in. Um, yeah, and I, I, that's the thing that I think is going to be what we're going to see more and more down the road is we're going to see more voices being brought in by the larger publishing companies that are outside of the traditional comic book writing thing and you know you, you, there'll always be work for for those guys that specialize in that but you're going to have um these really amazing writers that you know 20 years ago would have never touched comic book writing mm -hmm. who are now seeing the possibilities in this format and coming in and doing these short runs and more than that another generation from now it's going to be assumed that if you're you know a female writer if you're um, any kind of marginalized um, uh, uh, demographic, they'll be assumed that they'll be work for you in comic books as well. So the kind of stories that we're going to get that wouldn't be told, like Miss Marvel by Wilson, she's got another one coming out that I'm excited about. But you're going to see these set universes, the Marvel DC universes, really start expanding out even even further because you have yeah. so many more unique voices coming in. Alfie, do you do you you you've written it and you you're drawing it? Is yeah, that right? Yeah, I'm doing both. 
So yeah, is that scolarized? What's that? Is that a lot of pressure? Yeah, to, that's, to that's plenty of stuff? Tr- yeah, lots of pressure. Um, something that's really exciting about I, I met these guys a little over a year ago at the Ink and Draw, and I remember walking into Ink and Draw and being very nervous because it was like all men. <laughs> I was like, oh god, this was is really? really intimidating. Yeah. But now it's like it's split down the middle. Like that's I feel awesome. like there's more females there now, which is very exciting. And then the same thing for um, our our book club mm-hmm. it's it's kind of even yeah hotel. and that's something mm-hmm. that like we were once we saw what Ophi was doing as an illustrator but also how inviting she made the group mm-hmm. um, because she did talk to you know she talks to everybody that's mm-hmm. there um, we were just like everything we can do to kind of help her continue changing changing the demographics of the group and making sure that we're providing a safe space for anyone who comes in because it's that's what we want. We want people coming in. I want to know every single person who wants to do comic mm-hmm. books. Who mm-hmm. um, I want want them to come into Ink and Draw at least once and see what they're doing. And it would. I want to get to that point where we have a bead on every single project that's coming out, even if it's not something that is really my cup of tea. I want to know that it mm-hmm. exists. Uh, so whenever somebody comes in and they're like, "I like high fantasy based in London." I'm like, okay, not really my jam, but I know the person I can send you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call, I call them my wonderful weirdos. They come in and they, <laughs> they, they do their drawings and stuff like that. And and we have some remarkable artists, like guys from backgrounds that you wouldn't anticipate. We have oil painters and mm-hmm. and teenage uh, boys and girls who and and children, like you know, anywhere from seven to you know eleven, just coming in to doodle their superheroes and their sci-fi stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah, we have uh, a let's make comics, which are templates um, that we provide. Um, for anyone who wants them and so whenever little kids come in this at least gives them it's templates of basic comic book um paneling mm-hmm. so and it's just all blank so you just go in and you fill out your story to just teach the very basic mm-hmm. of how to tell a story sequentially um and i come from a background of education i, I i've done a lot of instruction as an art teacher and so if you, if anyone's feeling intimidated you know about you know, drawing stick figures or how to lay out a sequence of images. I, I'm there to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of like, not just drawing, but also narrative structure, I've got a background in, in that kind of stuff as well. And, and it's just a really positive group so far. Yeah. 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 So what time, is, what time do you do the, uh, the Ink and Draw on Sundays? Ink and Draw is from four to six mm-hmm. every Sunday. Uh, the comic book club for this month and next month is gonna be 2 p.m. on the second Saturday. Correct of the month, and then we're gonna move it to the second Sunday at 3 p.m., so mm-hmm. it butts up right against Ink and Draw. So, mm-hmm. you know, pe- so many of the people that wanna come, come to Ink and Draw, mm-hmm. so just making it as easy as possible. So I'll be hanging out in Literati for like three hours. I know, yeah, <laughs> Which is, that'd be great. My question is, do you, do you have you thought about uh, adding to the Ink and Draw doing maybe a writing, uh, a, a time when people would just come in and do because that's that's the other side of of i i personally can't draw but mm-hmm. i might be willing to show up if a group of people are getting together to talk to yeah, we, do writing we had a professor from uco actually do one on screenplays for a while and the concept of it was brilliant we just it was really early on in the shop and we had a hard time really getting enough people to show up mm-hmm. but the uh, idea was you bring your script and you assign roles and you do a cold read of the script and then you talk about the script at the end and that's that's the thing i think that's brilliant i would absolutely love to have something like that not only for comic books but also screenplays Mm -hmm. somebody wrote a play 
Um, I think that would be wonderful. And that's definitely something I would like somebody else to run. <laughs> and I'll be like, here's the space, here's the time, I will support this in any way, but I just can't be in charge of that right now. Yeah. One of the funnier things. So that... Michael Cross is going to be hosting oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. a writing workshop at Colin. Literati Press. One of the funnier things that the happens writings. to me as an artist, especially at conventions and stuff like that, they'll come in. And these fans of comics will come into my, my booth or, or my table and say, oh, man, I really like your lines. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, pat myself on the back a little bit. And they'll say, <laughs> I got this idea for a superhero. And all I need is this, that, and the other. Can you do it? I'd be like, yeah, sure. And like, okay. I said, um, it's like 15 hours a page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the things as an artist that I, I always, I would see these scripts sometimes come through and, and a writer would put something down like, in a mountain of, a, 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 a an army of soldiers comes over the mountain, ugh. and I'm like, and I go, ugh, you son of, a bitch. yeah. <laughs> That's one panel. We've got seven more to go. You know, and we spend so much time, and part of it is because people know they can find me at the bookshop. Mm -hmm. So I end up having a lot of people because we're a publishing company coming to us, like, oh, I've got this idea, um, and I definitely want to hear them. Um, but that is, there's these kind of. Um, breakdown of you know the the testament for the comic book writer um because they just if you haven't drawn a page yourself you just don't know you don't know yeah and oh, one yeah. of them is like writers will come in we actually had two come in on sunday and i'm like bring drawing supplies and draw your comic even if it's terrible yeah. safe figures you, and name tags you at least yeah. understand every line that you're putting down that you're every line that you're asking your artist to put down takes time um, so you need to understand what you're really asking of them whenever you put in like a 12 panel, you know, fight, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. on one page. Um, like when you, as a writer, like, and he reached down and grabbed the door handle and he turned it slightly and he crept it open and peeked through the crack. As an artist, like you just blew four panels yes. on one page. <laughs> Get to the point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there was, there, I was just watching uh, the uh, uh, Eye of the Beholder, which is the, uh, documentary you can find about the about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and and they were talking to these artists, and they, they the artists were like, "Oh yeah, we'd have our producers or our writers come in. And they'd be like, okay, so it's these rogues, and they're climbing out of this tower, and they get down to the bottom, and they roll out, and there's goblins facing them, and they're like." I'm doing one picture. <laughs> okay, you can't ask me yeah. to, I, one picture. What do you want? And of course, you'd still have to try and make it fluid. And so, yeah, it's like that's yeah. that idea. You still want to try and get, but you all want to get it on one panel. Yeah. yeah, and there's some hard and fast rules that you can start giving writers that'll kind of get them moving, at least be somewhat mindful of, of their artist time, mm -hmm. but also understanding, like, if you put you know, a hundred words in one bubble on one panel, then it's going to be like the face. You can't see my hands right now, yeah, but basically but yes. it's like the small little face just peeking and out over this you can't see the face bowl. of the person yeah, because they got a hundred yeah. yeah. So we start going through, so we do a lot of mentoring of writers in general, but mm -hmm. specifically comic book writers, because it is hard whenever you are a writer and you visualize in that way is it's, you're not always good at visualizing right. in a visual way, I guess. Um, and so like trying to make it easier for them to start thinking in that way. Because if you're writing a comic book, the art always takes precedence. Sure. And so, learning how to do the background of that. 
so, so Ophelia, it was your mm -hmm. first sequential job doing that Okie Comics gig not too long ago, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I so did. Jeff Provine mm -hmm. is another local writer who is, he's done such a noble thing by putting out this Okie Comics magazine. It's great. And he- a sponsor of the show. Yeah, oh, there you go. And <laughs> uh, get Okie Comics. Um, but Ophelia did a sequence, you know, commenting on the teacher strike that occurred a couple of years ago, and Charles wrote it. Charles wrote it. You, you drew it. From a from your experience as an artist, what was it like doing your first sequential work? Oh, um, I mean, it was it was challenging. It was really it was hard for me to 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 get a, like a good rhythm going. Mm -hmm. I think because um, it's also somebody else's words, and you want to do the right thing for it and I don't know it was it was a good experience though overall I, I enjoyed it and that's when I decided that I'm going digital with the comic mm -hmm. book um drawing stuff it's way easier mm -hmm. and um I got an iPad Pro for that mm -hmm. and it was amazing man and that yeah. really is a thing like whenever yeah. you're trying to do a comic book from an artist's side efficiency is everything yeah I, you see some people like um my favorite thing is monsters where she said you know it, the entire comic or entire graphic novel, it's a big graphic novel, was just her um, with colored pens on notebook paper, and that's the actual comic. So whenever you see the read the comic, you see the lines, mm -hmm. the the notebook ruler lines, um, and she, I have no idea when the second graphic novel is coming out. Like yeah. they've missed deadline over and over and over again because she's sitting there <laughs> drawing on notebook oh paper gosh. and is. A beautiful yeah. book and it has beautiful results but man it is grueling work yeah. mm -hmm. it takes so much time so anyway you can trim that down there's very little room for error <laughs> yeah but and we had don rosencrantz who has put mm -hmm. out a few things from literati he and yeah. i are working on a comic together right now um he just moved digital halfway finally. through halfway through <laughs> and has it changed everything he said, like, the art, well, and if you look, the art that he's producing is not really any different than what he would have done physically, mm -hmm. like, you know, on a The line paper. quality. Right. Yeah, the line quality. Um, and that was the thing. That was why he held off for so long, because he didn't want to lose, mm -hmm. you know, the personality of his art. Mm -hmm. And then once he realized, oh, I don't lose the personality, I can just do it way faster, yeah. then he's yes. a true it's believer. It's easier to erase and get get back and, you know, yeah. to clear and, and go on to the next thing if you need. You know, yeah. yeah, or just move a line just a little bit mm -hmm. over, you know. Mm -hmm. one, just, one of the things, I, I, I do compare comic artists, especially contemporary comic artists, to like hip-hop in the 80s because we're scavengers. Mm -hmm. um, for example, the art... The transition from, you know, traditional media to digital media, you know, in the mid-90s... Uh, Comic artists and, and creators, you know, especially the image guys in the early 90s, they were taking photo editing software and applying color through that. It wasn't designed for photo for, for coloring. It was designed for photo editing through Photoshop. But they found ways to manipulate and, and alter the software to not only help speed up production, but improve the quality of their art. And I think that this sort of, you know, mix-mash uh, mentality is something that has allowed comics to... Even though there's been ebbs and flows in terms of its its sales, it's always been a a present force in contemporary culture because, you know, it's it's composed of some really intelligent people who know how to make the most out of the very least. Mm -hmm. Is there an app that you recommend? Yep. For? <laughs> what, what is it? What is it? I use Procreate. Procreate, which okay. I, I remember I bought that software on my iPad about six years ago for six whole dollars. And it has completely changed my workflow. I, as I mentioned before, you know, artists oftentimes they hole up in a studio and and I, and I was a traditionalist. I was like, you know, I was big into having a, a diverse set of tools and, and having a studio space where you could always just walk into the room and start drawing immediately without setting up a lot of stuff. And Procreate, not only is it a very powerful piece of software, it's very fast. It's designed with artists in mind. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of like, 
its cost versus its effectiveness. It's a great segue for young artists to jump in. It even works on iPhone for crying out loud. Yeah. It's so good. It's amazing. Yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, and they're they're getting to the point where iPad is going to be able to support full Photoshop, Illustrator, yeah. Photoshop, mm -hmm. all of that. So there's a lot, you know, a lot of people use Manga Studio and and there's just so many mm -hmm. There are so many tools out there. You just kind of find the one that works for you. And there's not like an industry standard. No, per no. Se. I teach at a college and we have these beautiful uh, Cintiq tablets that my artists drawn and do digital painting. And these tablets are $2,300 a piece plus your computer workstation. The sky is a limit in terms of your cost. <laughs> but as I said before, we're scavengers. You can draw on notebook paper with a ballpoint pen. Mm -hmm. You can use the most high-end computer with the most you know advanced digital coloring systems and workflows. It's just about making sure you have an authentic story to tell. And that's the most important and prescient thing that if you've got something to say, there's an audience out there that wants to see your, your truth. And, and everything we've gone through, whenever we talk about digital, whether it's in comic books, whether mm -hmm. it's in film, whether it's whatever it is, the story. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You've still got to have the a truth story, no matter. matter how good your computer well, graphics are or whatever, yeah. you've mm -hmm. got to have a There's some beautiful books out there with no heart. And you can see it and you can feel it. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, look at that beautifully rendered face. I feel nothing. <laughs> you know? yeah. A thousand points of light and mm -hmm. just nothing actually guiding it. You know, and from Literati's perspective, um, we're our top selling comic of all time was Heathen. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the second top selling comic of all time was Gay Zombies Attack by Karen Martin Faulkner, uh, his Art of Destruction. And she did that. Gay on, Zombies Attack? Yeah, Gay Zombies okay. Attack. Um, and she did it on office supplies that she stole from work. Yep. Oh, we, nice. we did all the lettering using Microsoft uh, Publisher. Like <laughs> it, we did everything wrong on that comic, yeah. but the story was so yeah. good. It didn't matter. And we just sold it like crazy. And it was, that's awesome. you know, a good title. But it's really funny, and people would get that, and then they would come back and buy something else from ours. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it really is, no matter how beautiful the page is, um, like if if it's not evoking something, if mm -hmm. if your characters aren't there, you know, it's the, you know, the three pillars of any story is, you know, character, world building, and conflict. And if you don't have those in, in balance, then this doesn't matter what you – you know how much polish you put on it, mm -hmm. right? But when you do combine it with an incredible artist, yeah. it's just it the the what is created can be mind blowing. And I think Heathen is is one of those where mm -hmm. it's just incredible story, but also just amazing graphics that just yeah. just blow you away. I yeah. mean, I love her art. I love her art so much. Mm -hmm. But she's a better storyteller than she is an artist. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that's really infuriating for me because I have no talent in art. <laughs> like, but so, she's the whole package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First time. So I was you know, seeing the stuff that she was doing for various uh, writers. And I approached her because we had this thing called Literary Presents um, where it was just short fiction and comics. And I was like, well, if you ever want to do something for Literary Presents, you can either do your own story or we can make a story for you. We'll just, we just want to feature you. And she was like, I think I want to write something. And I was like, cool. And in my head, I was like, I don't care how bad it is. I'll fix it. You know, I, I, can, fi I can fix a story. And then she sent in this beautiful story about suicide. And it was unbelievable. I was like, well, maybe this is a fluke. And then she's like, you know, I've got this Viking comic I'm thinking about doing. And I was like, well, we don't really do a Vikings. But send me a script. I'll fix it. We'll make it work. And then she sent in this comic. And it was so good. And I was so mad. I was so mad. How are you this naturally gifted at storytelling? That's fantastic. Um, Ophi. Yeah. What comics have you read that impacted the way that you were going to do your own comic? 
Oh, uh, Habibi. Oh. It's it was so beautiful. Oh. <laughs> it's all in black and white. What, what was the author's name? That. I forgot. Craig Thompson. Craig Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Did, who was previously prominent for Blankets. Yes. I didn't read Blankets because I heard it was very emotional. And oh, I don't it's know. a wonderful way to <laughs> send yourself into the depths of depression on a Saturday. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, Habibi is not exactly an easy no. read either. Yeah, but um, gonna... he did this really good travel log too. Um, that was him promoting Blankets mm-hmm. um, and uh, going through uh, the region that he eventually put placed. Habibi as a story. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. No, you're fine. I I was just the art was what got me. The story was amazing and it was sad and it was just so I don't know real mm-hmm. and it just got to me. And it, the book is massive mm-hmm. and I'm very proud that it's on my bookshelf because I will open it up every once in a while just to look at it because it's just you know it's yeah. amazing to and, look at. And for my money, that one is my yeah. favorite yeah. graphic novel of all time. I it's think it's gorgeous. the most amazing achievement yeah and the fact that it's one person is insane so much in there yeah, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and what what do you so it's the story of two people who escape slavery mm-hmm. uh within a nameless um uh arab nation and they escape into the desert where there's this boat and that just becomes their home um every page is he pulls really deeply from islamic um, art styles mm. and every page the framing um, it's never traditional framing it's just smoke or these winding curling lines um, every page itself is one you can just hang on you know yeah. hang in a museum there's also also symbols and stuff everywhere throughout and yeah. stories of islamic uh i guess stories that i don't know islamic <laughs> mythology yeah, yeah mythology have we discussed in, with any like uh Concrete ideas about what our book club's going to look like next year yet? A little bit. We, we don't know anything that we're reading yet. From oh, well, I mean, I kind of know. Oh, we, okay. I've been taking suggestions for the past six like months what? from the, the people. Um, I have it on my phone. There's, there's a, I, and I made my few suggestions. There's some hits we need to cover um, because okay. we, we can get a little, uh, like we're talking about Habibi. You mentioned that at a comic convention. People are like, ha-hoo. Uh-huh. And uh, but you know I, you know there's there's hits we discussed like The Dark Knight by Miller and, yeah. and Watchmen Watchmen by Moore. Um, I think it'd be anything by Tom King, whether it be you know Mr. Miracle or, or Sheriff. I think that either one of those would be Watchmen uh, would be um, timely right now. Of course, see, mm-hmm. with I series out right I now. disagree on the Habibi front. I take a front. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whenever you do the kind of stuff that we do, I think you need to do it. I, I agree. Think when you do the kind of stuff that we do, we're not going to necessarily sell. Um, I don't know, the bastard children of Route 66 to mm-hmm. every person who comes up. But whenever you pull out something like Habibi, it, 20 people might glaze over, but that one person who does know is going to buy on everything on your table because mm-hmm. they're like, ah, yeah. something yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of things that are for on the docket are Strangers in Paradise. Oh, yeah. Somebody. Terry Moore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the Last Man was Bond? suggested. Oh, Why the Last Man. You got yeah. to do that one. You have yeah. to do that one. Uh, They're coming up with the show, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Like 12 they, years in development. They yeah. finally got somebody. That's Bond's first seminal work, too. Oh, okay. So I'm excited for that oh, one. Yeah. Uh, Girls by Luna Brothers. The Lunas? Yeah. I'm not sure who the Luna Brothers are. Oh, man. Uh, Paper Girls, which I've already started. Mm-hmm. Another Vaughn. Yeah. I think, we, I think we go with only one Vaughn. One Vaughn? Okay. We can take that one then. Well, I don't know. Paper why? Girls might be the... Well. You think it's better than why, though? I uh, yeah, I don't 
I think that is up for discussion. <laughs> I think it is not up for discussion. <laughs> that could be that just club. For why the first... why last man versus paper girls? <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you were looking for something lighter, because I think of paper girls, I, you could do lumberjanes. Oh, lumberjanes! Uh, lumberjanes. Oh, lumberjanes. One of my really favorites. Good. That just blew I, me away. I was like, no, uh, this mm-hmm. is a, this it's, is girls at a camp, and yet it is phenomenal. It's, yeah, it's Scooby Doo at a girls' yeah. camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually got to. Uh, uh, go drinking with uh, the creators of Lumber- Lumberjanes, oh and they were gosh. just as awesome as you would hope they would be. I, that's the one, the one I'm reading right now. Man, I Staple, love I love Staple. Fiona, man, no, well, yes, yeah. but no, the the, <laughs> the convention in Austin. Oh, it's it's the one where you go and you don't maybe don't sell a lot, but you meet mm. all the coolest people. I want to I want to go back. We, we should, should do it. let's do it. Yeah. I don't we don't even have to have a booth. Just okay. Yeah. Just for funsies. Just for fun. I, I needed to, I needed to Texas for my convention stuff anyway. I need to get out of the state a little more. So yeah. yeah. So I've added Lumberjanes to the list there now. You go. So we'll I think that's su- the, such a solid call. Uh, Prometheus, Alan Moore. I don't know about that one. Or Promethea. Maybe. Promethea. Is it Promethea? Yeah. Okay, maybe I misspelled it. I've never read it. That that was one of his. Uh, was what was the publisher he did after he left DC? Mm. Yeah, I've never read Promethea though. No, I don't know. Uh, Give Me Liberty by Martha Washington. Oh, the is that Frank Miller? Or maybe that's the whole title, Give Me Liberty, Martha Washington? Martha, yeah, Martha Washington was a character, I think, oh, okay. for a long time. Yeah. I thought that was the writer. I thought so. that was a weird, yeah. <laughs> Man, we, we should do something by Drawn and Quarterly at some point. Well, okay. I, lo- I really like Drawn and Quarterly. It's one of okay. my favorite publishers. They do that's really cool. just weird. Not familiar enough. It's not... That's they solid. do weird stuff, so we can we can keep adding or taking things out. Yeah, yeah. and we and, and we, we take Don't suggestions mind. too. Mm-hmm. Like if you've Absolutely. got a brilliant book, uh, we'll of course we'll review it. Well, yeah. and the, yeah, and the thing is, there's so much being produced now from mm. so many different publishers. Um, we just we organize the comics by publisher um, to an extent, but at some point that breaks down. Um, you know, you you still have you know Marvel, DC, Image. Uh, you know, Dark Horse and yeah, yeah no more Vertigo. IDW. Then you also have like First Second, and you have um, Kitchen just, Sink. Yeah, so there's and then Drawn in Quarterly, um, and so there's so much out there you can't keep track. So even as a you know as a bookshop, that's one of the things that we love doing most is when somebody comes in, they see the books, and we're like, oh, I love everything on here. You don't have this, this, and this. That's great. That's I'm, I'm going to shill for Charles just for a second. When I mm-hmm. met him a couple of years ago, uh, not only was his intellect very impressive. Cover your ears for a second. I don't, don't listen to this. <laughs> not only is he a very smart guy, like he he's read everything in this bookshop, and his his acumen for like deciphering this content was so high, and his experience of 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 of, of feeling it and, and emoting through the the writing and and really sharing that with the audience and the people who come into his bookstore was so authentic that it was. It was contagious, and uh, if you need a recommendation, check out that bookshop. It's the best in this mm-hmm. state. And where's yeah. it located? 3010 Paseo, right across from the Casos, mm-hmm. Paseo Arts District. Um, on a completely different subject, you have a Sanford and Son hotkey button. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. What it, what, what, what is oh, that it comprised of? Does he really have this? I didn't see Yeah, that. it's, yeah, a, it's right, right, right here. Uh, where's my Sanford? Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I figured. It's, it's, it, when I when I do my uh, when I do the morning shows, I have uh, just bad music. So I, all of this is just bad music that I picked a long time ago. That, bad music. By yeah. bad, you mean good? No, no bed. Oh. Bed, 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 bed music. Bed. 
So not, not bad music. No, no. I, I mean, and it, yeah, it's, it's it's just kind of depends on what kind of mood I'm in at the moment. So yeah, this is just the bed music that I play underneath yeah. while I'm telling some weather and before I go to the national news. Right, right. I nice. they, what it, uh, I'm we're completely getting off track here, but I love how <laughs> we're on, off the rails. What is the what is the show? The economic show um, on NPR. On NPR. Uh, what, Planet Money. I'll, well, Planet Money. Marketplace Money. Or marketplace. Yeah, yeah. Planet Marketplace. Yeah. Um, whenever they do, the, they run the numbers. Um, depending the, on whether it's <laughs> it's good news or bad news, they play different music. Yeah. Wah, wah, yeah. wah. It's a that, bad that day ple- on the stocks today. That pleases me. I will listen to the entire show just to get to that moment. Okay, so more comics. Weird. More okay. comics. Uh, well, actually, I, 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 we're, we're running out of time because I, I did actually promise Ophie that it would only be 30 minutes long. Um, <laughs> we've been going about for four, 51 minutes now. Oh, um, but, sorry, Ophie. No, you're good. What I want to know is I'm just not sorry. where I know because we can talk about comics forever, and that's <laughs> yes. the problem. Is And that's what you guys do. Yeah. Um, so what? tell, tell like, people when and where uh, the, the comic book club is. We meet at the Literati Bookshop on second Saturdays. Uh, from two to three for this month and next mm-hmm. month. And then in 2020, it will change to Sunday, three, to, three four. to four. Three to four. And then mm-hmm. four. And still, right now, you can still go in from the four to, to, four to six. six. Is that is that also the second? It is every, every, every Sunday. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Okay, great. You think there's a possibility of stretching out the uh, comic book club to doing more on a more of a bi-monthly or a, maybe even a weekly thing if you get enough people <sighs> interested? If we can get people to read that many comics, because mm-hmm. that, that is the Let's biggest challenge of every... Week. I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe if there's demand, I yeah. would. I would. I can't I, I'm going to be I there. I can't read anyways. a book in a yeah. week, but I can guarantee you, I can sit down and read a uh, trade paperback or a graphic novel. Man, sure, that is the reason we push comics so much, is because people will say, "Well, I don't read that much," um, or "I used to read a lot, but then I went to college and got tired of reading." It's like just do comics. Yeah. You can you can knock them out so quick, and then it'll get that drive going, and then eventually you'll be like, you know what? I think I want to try another novel. You do, yeah. You yeah. do, and it's just because it, it's it's fun to read. It's just wonderful to, to get through, and uh, you know. So maybe maybe you know, biweekly or a weekly thing would be kind of so fun biweekly fun. hosted by Michael Cross. Sure, that would be awesome, fantastic. Uh, in in Facebook, they can find uh, everything yeah. uh, literary literary press as well as the comic book club. Yeah, the comic Facebook. book club has its own. It's a uh, at comic book club Paseo. On Facebook and Instagram. Because we're in the Paseo Arts District. Mm-hmm. And is Literary Press, you guys are on Twitter as well. We're you? on everything. Yeah. Uh, Pat Oswald just followed us on Twitter, <laughs> by the way. Oh, oh my, my gosh. Wow. So exciting. I think he just followed us and then unfollowed us, but it doesn't matter. Like, I you opened up my phone and I just, like, Pat Oswald with a little blue check mark followed me. I was like, I don't even really use Twitter that much, so I don't even, I don't have this justified. And then, like, later I found out one of our authors gave him one of the, one of the books. Oh, okay. He, I guess he liked it and he was like, yeah, I'll follow these guys for a little bit, give them a bump. That's and I was awesome. so terrified. I was like, I have no idea. Like, I can't impress Patton Oswalt. So yeah, I'm just not going to. I'm not, I'm not going to. Not even going to post. I didn't post for like another three days. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's why I didn't follow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys are boring. I'll just go into someone else. Yeah. Fantastic. And this sun, this Saturday. This Saturday, yeah. yeah. This Saturday and, and is Monsters. Can, people, where can people get Monsters? Is that uh, at, at the bookshop? Of course, um, we're trying to get better and better at actually carrying the books that we're trying to do by Comic Book Club. But Monstrous is there. But you can also get at the. Uh, you know, public library, public library, uh, you know, good book, comic book shops like New World, uh, Speeding Bullets and Norman. Yeah. But I'm if sure you get it from Literati, it's 25 percent off, 25 percent off there you go. anything <laughs> on the comic book club. That's a great, great place to go and just go and talk to the guys and say, yeah, everybody and say, hey, what, yeah, we're what, fine. Do, you, what do you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. That's They'll what recommend we're there for. things. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> Too many things, maybe. Awesome. 
Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you for having us on. That was awesome. So that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Charles Martin, Eric Osborne, and Ophi Ochoa, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>